Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell back on our normal day Tuesday recording. You're listening to us on Wednesday. Coming in after the PGA Championship week, going to talk a lot about that this episode. And then Jell and I are going to get on our soapboxes at the second half of the episode and tell you what we're done with in a segment we call I'm Done With It. So <laughs> we'll uh, have some fun with that one. You can uh, let us know on our socials if you agree, disagree with the topics that we are done with. But can you... let's uh, let's now that you bring up the socials, let's throw up a few okay. polls on that. You can definitely do that. Uh, after, after release and say, you know, get something like, you know, are you done with this? Or, you know, what are you more done with? We'll, we'll throw a couple polls up, get a little creative (laughs) with, uh, a little head to heads. (laughs) Going to kick off the episode with a PGA championship related question of the day today, gel. And we've seen the PGA championship the last two years resemble more of a U.S. Open than a a typical PGA championship as far as score, what the course looks like. I mean, this rough was just ridiculously thick this last weekend. Dude, it was insane. (laughs) It was so long. Like, and and like right off, I mean, it's not like you have much leeway if you miss the fairway. Like you're, you're, you're just, doing whatever you can to try to get out of that long stuff. Are you a fan of this style PGA Championship? I know, obviously, it's a major championship. These golfers, you want to see them at their peak performing their best. But sometimes it is hard just to watch guys struggling for par. Yes, you're like, oh, that's me out there. Totally me. And it kind of brings it (laughs) down to, I don't know, where they're not, like, godly, I guess, as far as, like, golf goes. I mean, we'd still shoot just ridiculous there. But... I was torn when I was thinking about that over the weekend watching this. If I if I like watching like a master style where you see guys hitting eagles in the final round and just kind of making a run up the scoreboard where this, it was hard for some guys to even get kind of a momentum going in this. It was relatively low scoring again. I mean, seven under was a winning score. We had five under last year at Southern Hills. Do you like when the PGA Championship resembles more of that U.S. Open or do you want to see something a little bit more high scoring, a little bit more action on the course? I I like for this event, I like the low scores. I think we've got a really nice kind of mixture of it where, you know, last year at St. Andrews, I mean, people are, you know, people are scoring well under par and it's, you know, it's it was relatively wide open. The British Open often isn't extremely tough, depending on the course. I mean, there, you know, once you get into those deep bunkers with the four foot, six foot high walls, that obviously presents a challenge, but some of these, some of those courses on the British Open are relatively wide open. We can see some really low scores. The Masters, I kind of think it's like kind of a nice medium-ish score where you're seeing a lot of times it's like a yeah. minus 15-ish type of score and you're in the mix. You know, in the mid-teens, you're kind of in the mix. Where the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, it's obviously, you know, as note as you noted, the winners, at least as of late, is not going to be minus 10 plus. It's it's usually a single digit under par. I like the mixture of it. Um, you know, it's it shows, you know, there, there's a lot of golfers out there that when the going gets tough, they can fold. 
when you're playing it, but where, when they're playing an easy course and it's like, hey, you know, I can just freaking cruise and just have money shots all four days and, and makeable, makeable shots. It's like, okay, that's really nice. But when the going gets tough and if you do send one into the rough, how do you recover? Are you okay mentally to be able to recover from that? Or are you going to, you know, are you going to pull a, we saw this, uh, I think, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, uh, Corey Connors Saturday and Vic Hovland Sunday, both ended up, you know, they were deep in that rough and they ended up, I, we saw this out of Rose too, deep in the rough as he was trying to hit an approach out of the green twice, I believe, son, at least one Sunday, maybe it was twice over the entire tournament where he tried to you know, flop it onto the green because he was maybe 10, 12 feet off and his ball <laughs> went about four feet. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, the best of the best generally come to play and are able to make those shots and know like, okay, this ball is lifted off the, off. you know, the rough is so thick and so long. Maybe my ball's lifted off the ground a little bit so I don't need to try to, create a divot I need to just you know barely get under this ball to you know for this 12 foot flop shot or whatever like that's what the best of the best can do when where like if you've got somebody that's just more of a robotic golfer this is what I do every time when I'm from this distance on you know in the rough or from this distance on the fairway or or whatever and this is exactly what I do and there's maybe, you know, there's not much variance to that, to their, uh, their swing and not really being able to adjust. That's where you see them struggle a little bit on these types of courses. Now, what shocked me a little bit was Bryson's, uh, really nice four days yeah. here at the PGA championship. And we'll get more into that. Cause he's, you know, he's, he had been known as kind of this analytical dude and have the same length clubs which is rare on tour and have the same swing. And the only difference in his swing would be, you know, the basically the, the loft of the club that's, but Bryson played really well. So maybe he's kind of adjusted his game a little bit, but overall, I think that I like this nice mix where you'll have the masters where your, your winner or your contenders are in the mid teens. You've got two really tough majors in the PJ championship and the U S open and you've got the the British, which that's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes you'll be playing on those courses where you got, you know, 18-inch grass <laughs> off to the deep sides. And then you've got, you know, some other courses that are straight links play and it's wide open. And it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's more of like a, you know, we saw this last year where the ball would, you hit, as long as you hit the ball low and, and down the center, it might roll for another <laughs> 80 yards. So there's different there's different ways that uh, that these majors are set up. And I think I appreciate yeah. it. No, I'm, I'm still to this day torn. I could lean either way with it. And I think I like seeing the PGA Championship more at courses that 
the weather more so plays a factor with making the course tougher. We had Phil Mickelson win at the ocean course in Kiowa Island two years ago, where you've got winds coming off of the ocean there, which make that course tougher. Rough wasn't extremely thick there or anything like that. I mean, obviously if you go off of the fairway a little bit, uh, sandy and just kind of desolate and everything there, kind of the same thing with whistling straights. You've got the tall grass there that it's known for yeah. that. They're not growing extra long or anything like that. It almost just seemed like, like someone was like, you know, this course really isn't tough enough. I don't think let's just let the rough grow out. That'll for sure bump the scores down where, okay, that's fine. But that's what we're used to seeing with the U S open. So I don't want this to turn into just another U S open. That's just played at different venues that are not typical U S open ones. So that's the only thing I guess with that, but it is nice seeing some of the lower scores. It was a lot more competitive of a weekend without guys really being able to make huge runs. So everyone was in the mix up until, I mean, Victor Hovland had some sand trouble on Sunday that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit too. That one lie was just ridiculous, was but ex- we'll see. Hey, Sonny. <laughs> Sonny, Sonny snout. <laughs> but I don't know. I was, I was fine with it, but again, I don't know. I don't want it to turn into the U.S. Open. If it's like once every once in a while, they do this perfectly fine with that. But again, I'm yeah, and and I, I guess I'm totally in agreement there. I mean, if it is one of those which the last two years it has been a under, or I guess more strokes than minus ten for the winner. You know, I. I don't. I guess it doesn't bother me. It it makes that it makes Sunday. I think a little more interesting. There's more golfers that can be in play, which is kind of nice. I mean, we saw Scotty Scheffler, who had a pretty rough Saturday, just had a money Sunday, yeah, and he was place, T2. He was in contention. So, you know, that's what I do kind of like about it. But um, no, I, I just like that there's a good mixture. I think throughout all the majors, understandable. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, type in Dead Arm Sports into that search bar, click the search button, subscribe, click the bell there. That way you know when our live episodes drop, usually on Tuesday or Wednesday, but you subscribe, you will know and get a notification. We keep an eye on that chat box throughout the entire episode during our live shows, so that way if you have any questions for us, we will be more than happy to answer them. You want us to elaborate a little bit more on a topic, we will go ahead and do that. We can be found on our socials at Dead Arm Sports. Gel can be found at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D A S J P E C. Give us a follow on all three of those. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you write us a written review, make sure you send us a screenshot of your written review, and we will swag you up with some Dead Arm Sports goodies. Going to get right back into that PGA Championship here with Brooks Kepka coming away with the victory. Third PGA Championship, fifth major overall. So quite the tournament for Mr. Brooks. And yeah, I mean, just phenomenal from pretty much start to finish on that. A little bit of a rougher opening round, but not anything that would have made it hard to come back from. And then just played solid on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Held off Scotty and Big Dick Vic and held on and got his fifth major championship. Yeah, I mean, Brooks just... This guy comes out to play during the majors. I mean, as you mentioned, five major titles, three PGA championships, four runner-ups in majors as well, 
beyond his five titles. And what's crazy is he's only got four other PGA Tour (laughs) victories for every other tournament. So the guy comes out to play when the stage is on. Oh, and two of those four are the waste management. Which the is sixth basically, major, I you guess, know, because the I mean, players is. I was going to say, like, I the sixth. Dub it yeah, up. like, basically the yeah. sixth major. So, the and obviously the crowd and everything out, out at, the, at the Phoenix, like, the guy comes out to play when the stage is biggest. And. Ah. Uh, just makes me miss him, man. It just makes me miss him on. I mean, if he were to come out and still be on the PGA tour and come out and play all these designated events, knowing these are elevated events, higher stakes. He obviously cares about (laughs) the money. (laughs) Like (laughs) what, what do we, what do we need to do to get him back? I, I just, I mean, I miss the dude. I miss the golfer. Yeah. He's, you know, back when he was really like locked in, like super prime Brooks Kepka, he was, he was kind of a dick. I mean, he was kind of a douche, but he is so good. He's so damn competitive. He's got kind of this douchey attitude or had it seemed like he's kind of humbled himself a little bit, especially after that injury. Um, I, I, I can't remember what it was. I know you watched that, uh, that yeah, Netflix series that was very focused on Brooks. It's a knee and, issue, I think it's some sort of like knee and, and he said that, you know, that he felt like that he in that episode. Again, I haven't seen this. So maybe if you maybe you can expand on this a little bit more. But from what I've what I've heard, what I've read in that episode, he was pretty open about after that injury. You know, he wasn't playing the same and he didn't know if he would be able to get back to peak form. And clearly he has because he played really well at the Masters. Now he's playing and he just obviously wins the PGA Championship I mean, was there anything, any sort of like revelation that you can recall from that episode that made that really like kind of stood out? Because the fact that he kind of lost confidence in himself because of that that injury, it almost I feel like it almost made him more likable and more more relatable. And now I just want him back, man, especially with the way he's playing and and genuinely dominating it's been a couple months since i've watched it and that episode obviously was a little interesting um yeah but i know it was a i believe it was a knee injury and he just he said he wasn't healthy for a lot of the last couple years it just didn't feel right it kind of affected his swing a little bit so i think now that he's fully healthy i think Honestly, I think the live with him just not having to play as much as he did when he was on the PGA Tour is probably attributed to some of that health or not playing as much golf, and that probably has helped him recover pretty quickly with that. So I think that just kind of all has come together. I mean, obviously, he's one of the best golfers in the world, and not, especially in major championships. He's somebody you can never count out at all, and we saw that this weekend. I want to know, too, your take on this Um with him winning the PGA championship, the PGA is associated and kind of puts on the Ryder cup sets up the course when it's in the United States, it's over in Europe this year. I don't know how they keep out some of these live guys that they've said that they're not going to let play. I mean, you have the PGA champion that (laughs) just won this year and you're going to be like, nah, can't play. I mean, right now he's qualified for points, 
but that's also due to how they've done in major championships. They're not getting points for these live events, so you might see some guys sneak up and jump him on the list. But I mean, if he keeps winning majors, he's going to. But he had a really nice Masters. Nice Masters, obviously U.S. Open. He's won before. He won at Aaron Hills a few years ago here in Wisconsin. So that's another one that's going to be at Los Angeles Country Club. Hasn't played there. And, man, I don't think there's been a PGA tournament there in quite some time. So I don't know that these guys are very familiar outside of practice rounds and everything. But, again, you can't count him out. So the World Golf, this this is based, Ryder Cup is based on the World Golf Rankings, Yeah, it's like points accumulated throughout the season. But, again, most guys on the PGA Tour are getting points for their finishes throughout. But are they only counting PGA events for And majors, yeah. Or they count... They count European tour, so that counts as well. But the Live doesn't have any points associated with this. When they go out and play on the Live tour, they're not getting any points towards the Ryder Cup. Wow! So that's that'd be insane if he's eligible to even be on the team. Number two on the list would be now. now. That's freaking awesome. I I mean, how how do you leave this guy out? I think at this point, if you're the PGA Tour. You gotta want him back, right? Like, and Curry favor at this point. Like, if it's Zach Johnson is the U.S. captain this year, don't you? I feel like there might be pressure from the PGA Tour to say, "Hey, Zach, can you do us a solid? Get Brooks back here, like, and we'll do we'll we'll up the ante a little bit and give him, uh, you know, maybe." You know, whatever the remaining money is on his contract that he's got with Liv, maybe we split the money 60-40 and, and uh, we'll pay him off, basically. And Because he's obviously having a good time playing in the U.S. I mean, what it might be nice to be on that Liv tour because you're not playing every day you're, or, or four days every week and, and everything, but... God, I I feel like some of these live golfers, and I don't know this for for a fact, so don't don't take this as uh, obviously as a word that I'm hearing straight from the horse's mouth. But don't you think that some of these live guys are like, God damn it, I miss being like this famous motherfucker, and like you know getting cheered everywhere I go, no matter where it is in the world on the PGA tour. I mean, how many fans are out there in Orlando at this Orlando Muni watching these live guys play on a $35 course that they were playing at a few weeks back? I don't, it can't be many. So I don't know. I feel like some of these, like Brooks, the guy's made enough money, man, in this, in this world. I feel like maybe he's one of those guys you can kind of reel back in, you know, Throw out the line and, hey, buddy, we want you back. We'll, you know, we'll get you out of that live contract and you can come on back. And if you want, just play in the designated events or you've got a chance to make a lot of money. That designated events, that whole concept was, is in play now because live basically forced the PGA's hand and said, hey, what do we need to do to compete with them to keep our stars here? Let's make the, you know, these designated events worth more money. They created that bonus system. I think Brooks Kepka would end up pretty high on that, uh, you know, within that PMI or whatever it's called, the, whatever that bonus system is. That's, pr- uh, that's probably not PMI. I know I haven't, I know you just recently bought a house. That's a different <laughs> acronym. Private yeah. mortgage insurance, I believe. Uh, different, whatever the acronym is, 
BIP or whatever. Um, Pip, P I P. Hold it down. Uh, point is, I think like you know, put him on the Ryder Cup team. If you're the PGA, push Zach Johnson to put him on the Ryder Cup team. Offer that guy hundred million bucks to come back. Screw live. Come on back. And, and then maybe, you know, and then maybe he's going to be, you know, maybe then the following year he ends up playing in the match on TNT, TBS, hashtag not a sponsor, <laughs> like, you know, guy coming back from live big story. I'm just, you know, I'm spitting out loud. Cause I want him back, man. I want him back. Cause he's a, he's a fun ass player to watch both at the masters and this tournament. I'm never turning on live, man. I don't know where to even find the CW. <laughs> And even if I did, it's like, whatever. It's it's like watching the USFL or the XFL. It's it's kind of like you know, it's the lower tier. I'm I'm here to watch amazing players, players that I know, courses that I know. That's why I watch golf. I don't watch it for you know to watch the B League. So I want him back. I don't care about anybody. I mean, I'd be nice to have Cam Smith and and all these other guys back, but Brooks is my number one target to get back if I'm the PGA tour. One other topic on Brooks here that I want to talk about before we move into some of the other ones with the PGA championship here and with him winning his fifth major now granted it, he's got two of the four majors. He's still searching for the masters and the, the open championship. He's outdone Rory. Now Rory's got four majors. Brooks has five. He's that's because Rory's he's, dead. He's Rory's one, done. Get him out of here. Why'd you even Phil, bring him up? Tiger was before you pretty much. I mean, that was early on probably in your golf days. It was early on in mine, and I'm older than you, so I know that. Is Brooks the best golfer we've seen in our generation? Well, I mean, I got I saw some of Tiger, but he won his first major, I think, in 97, right? Yeah. That was I was four. Yeah. So, so I'm saying like the bulk really of Tiger's like really good prime was the early two thousands, which was probably before you were turning it on. I mean, yes, you've seen Tiger late two thousands, but I mean the run of his major championships, a lot of it was early to mid two thousands. He's been the most dominant player in majors, at least I guess since I really got locked in. I kind of feel like I almost need to give the nod to Rory just because he's done it for longer. Uh, I got it. Hasn't won a major, but in he like doesn't 10 years, but that's, <laughs> and that's, but that's the, that's the thing is it's like, but when's the last time he won a major and he's been searching for that fourth, that masters win. That's his last major. He needs to win. And he, ha- I don't think he's won. Yeah. So he hasn't won a major in a decade. Brooks has I mean, I think there's guys coming up that could surpass him. I think Scotty is just on an absolute tear, and when he doesn't win, yeah. he's still top five. Scotty, Ron have a definite chance. Brooks, but... I think, has to be it with five majors, and that's since I think 2018. I, okay, so so I'm 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 29. How back? How far back are we talking? I mean, I mean, since you started watching golf. Since I really started paying attention, which would have been over the last. Eight to eight to ten years, it has to be Brooks because he's won all of his majors in that time span, along with as well those four runner ups. 
maybe he is the most dominant, which I it's weird to think about, but because he because he doesn't show up for the <laughs> right. you know your your John Deere classic, hey, hey but. <laughs> I'm just hey, I'm stating facts here. I'm not no shot at the John Deere classic. Hashtag I'm just not stating a facts. It won't be now that you just bashed. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna earn that sponsorship. Uh, but he's pro. He's yeah. Over the last decade, I'd say the biggest, easily the biggest, the best big tournament player that's out there. Now we can obviously go back if we want to go back twenty years. Then you bring oh, for Tiger sure. into the mix, and it's it's yeah. over. But I'd say over the last decade, can you even make an argument for a second player with nine top twos and five W's in majors when there's only four a year? That's a 25%. That's almost a 20. That's yeah, that's about a 25% ish top two finisher over the last 10 years. That's pretty freaking good when you're talking about how many golfers there are in the world. <laughs> right. And he's and he's taken home twenty five percent of the top twos over the last decade, so yeah, I guess major wise, there's no question. He shows up to play when it matters. Second biggest story of the weekend: a guy that you can get a forty five minute lesson from for one hundred and twenty five dollars, and that is PGA professional Michael Block, just taking the tournament by absolute storm culminating with an ace on Sunday and a heck of a par save on hole 18. An alley-oop ace. With Rory as his partner. So you got already. From T to hole, (laughs) no ground, and just a freaking alley-oop. Gets in and qualifies for next year's PGA Championship and got two sponsor exemptions from this as well. So he'll be teeing it up in our Charles Schwab preview tomorrow along with the RBC Canadian Open a little bit later on as well. So Eh? awesome to see that. I know he was on another podcast I was listening to this morning. He's in the process of trying to qualify for the U.S. Open and the British Open as well too. So hopefully we'll get to see him there as well. But, man, what a story. What a guy that just – you could tell he's just happy to be there and just playing some of the best golf of his life and just awesome to watch this weekend. Well, I, I texted, uh, I texted the group that this group text we've got going on. And I said, like, are you guys seeing this Michael block guy? This guy just has like this, this just somehow he's just got this swag. I don't know who this, who he is. He's just like hitting putts and he just looks at the crowd and just kind of shrugs his shoulders. Like, <laughs> did you see that? Like, I got like I I made it, mom. Like, <laughs> like just like he's just got this like he just had this like swag and energy to him, and then you sent back and you're like, yeah, he's a club professional. Like that's what he is. He's not on tour. the tour. I thought I thought maybe he was just like you know one of those last guys that's on tour that you've never yeah. heard of before. You're like, no, he's a club professional. I'm like, okay, that makes this way better. <laughs> and so of course he's the number. He might have he might have been the number one story, especially when you got to, especially once you got to Sunday. I mean, for just they were following every single one of his shots on Sunday, and like every time he'd just do something awesome, he would just have this face of like almost like disbelief. Like I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm playing with Rory. I'm grouped up with Rory. Like that alone is a dream come true. And then for him to play well, he went 70, 70, 70, 71 Thursday through Sunday for a club pro 
on this course where, I mean, you got names up and down the lineup that I think Finau finished like 12 over. Meanwhile, you got this PGA, uh, you know, club pro out in somewhere in Southern Cal who flies cross country to Rochester, New York, and is just down and just, just wiping the floor with the competition. Like, (laughs) and I don't know, man, I, I was sitting there on Sunday and, you know, as I was pissed off at my bet, cause I, I took Vic Hovland at the beginning of Sunday to, to finish that Idiot. off. And he, uh, yeah, he, uh, he pees, he peed himself, <laughs> but I got, I got a little, like a little bit emotional on 18 when he was sitting there, like left side of the green had about a. 14 foot maybe eh, no it was probably it would have been longer than that that might have been a 25 foot uh chip that he had to hit onto the green to try to save par and he's got maybe a 12 15 foot putt to save and and he hits it and he just again it's just this blank face and like of just like this is the most insane moment of my life rory goes up and just gives him a hug like that's got to be the coolest thing ever. I got a little emotional because, and then when he was talking to uh, Amanda, is it Amanda Reiner? Is that whatever her it's last Amanda. name is? Amanda on yeah, that, that's on that, that golf broadcast. Uh, when he was uh, in that, when he was uh, in that interview with her, I got a little emotional again when he was saying like, you know, she was getting texts from his brother and his, you know, and his dad saying like, this is the best moment of their lives. And that's when he got emotional. Like, cause that was, cause he also said that was the best moment of his life. So for that to also be the best moment of their lives, that's, that's like the coolest thing ever. So I don't know. You can't have enough feel good stories like that. <laughs> no, not at all. And it'll be cool to see if he can replicate some of the magic in some of these tournaments coming up. I mean, Made just under three hundred grand from this tournament, so that's uh, quite a few forty-five minute lessons right there. So I was gonna say that's <laughs> that's not too bad. No, I heard he did raise his uh, his rate. Is that one twenty-five? I don't know. I haven't uh, checked the website since Sunday. So <laughs> whenever I, I heard that, that on my you. way back from back from the office today that he that he boosted it up a little bit. But hell, why not, man? He's he's clearly knows what he's talking about. Plus. I might pay that to to go spend 45 minutes with just to hang out with him. I don't even know if I need a golf lesson. <laughs> right. That's what he said. He's like, I'm probably going to get a few that just want to come and chit chat for a bit for the next few lessons and not actually need help at all with their swing. So, but the only other one I wanted to bring up is just, yeah, Vic Hovland, just a really rough Sunday, just was in and out of sand traps. And that one that was up on the lip, that was just an absolute nightmare that pretty much knocked him out of contention. Just, just that's what rough, that's that was the knockout stretch. punch. He and he, you know, he started off the day pretty good. I mean, he he finished two under. So and Brooks only finished three under on the day, but that hole that you're talking about, which I believe was on 16, yeah. that's and he doubled that, and it's like it's over. It's done. Like he I mean, outside of that, if, if he would have parred that hole, finishes minus four. You're talking about him being at nine, at nine under with Kepka the way that they finished out. So that was the dagger. Um, what I 
I mean, I think the guy's next, though. He's oh yeah. I'm not saying the next tournament, but he's getting, he's there. Like he's been playing really well in these big tournaments, and it's just being able to hit tough shots, which he he's able to do, and it's just about avoiding those really shitty situations, which sometimes those are the backbreakers, which clearly it was in this tournament. Last guy I want to touch on, Scotty Scheffler. I briefly mentioned him finishing five under on Sunday. Seven under for the tournament starts out Sunday at two under, and it's like, dude, this like no shot. But for him to play really well and finish in that top three with a T two finish, incredible. I mean, it's just like that guy. Yeah, he had a shitty, he had a pretty rough Saturday, but to come back and play really well Sunday and make a pretty decent, you know. Nice little check going into the bank account. Not too bad, but it's like <laughs> right. this guy, this guy and Rom. It's it's those two guys. One, two. Rom had a pretty rough week, but it's Scotty. It's still John Rom. One, two in the world. And if you want to put Brooks there at three, I'm fine with that. If you want to, if you want that to be your top three, I'm cool. Rory, you're dropping down. You're you're <laughs> you're outside that top three. I'm done. <laughs> he actually he actually had a pretty de- you know he finished T seven, but still. Yeah. Before we get to I'm done with it, gel, uh, one more update. <laughs> Not even trying. To, that would have been a nice transition. <laughs> but, uh, no, have to go over. Uh, we are tied now with our majors. Gel getting the 3-2 edge in the PGA Championship. Victories from Terrell Hatton, Tony Baloney Finau, Brooks Kepka, and also the first win of our major picks as well. So I've got uh, one regular season one. You've got a major one now. Um, I got victories from John Rahm and Dustin Johnson. Rahm Alama! Ding dong. That was looking rough for a while, but ended up scraping by making the cut. So made the cut. Yep. <laughs> that's that's half of it making the cut. Four of our ten picks missed the cut. So not great, Bob. Gel's <laughs> done with Rory, and we are getting into I'm done with it. So in this segment, we are each getting up on our soapbox with various topics and telling you why we are done with it. So you want to kick it off, Gel, or you want me to? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor. All right. Well, this one will be fitting. I am done with the PGA Tour versus Live. I don't care anymore. At first, I was like, oh, stupid Live guys jumping over. And now I have fun watching them in the major tournaments. Just bury the hatchet. Find some way to make this relevant again. I, I want to see these guys back competing on a regular broadcast and not on the CW that if – Gilmore Girls or whatever comes on, they have to switch <laughs> over to the, the internet to stream the rest of it. I've heard at least, but no, I'm I'm done. I I don't really care anymore. Just it is what it is, and I'm sick of Phil tweeting out every time that a live guy does something well. Like li- Phil, you're holding on to something right now that no one no one cares. Nobody about. gives a shit about. Yeah, it. nobody cares. He tweeted out something today. Um, along the lines of like, this is why lives better than PGA. We only play a certain number of tournaments, gives us, sets us up for the best chances to win majors. We're not exhausted, blah, 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 blah. And no, I, d- I don't care, Phil. You're holding on to this live versus PGA when no one else is. You see guys getting paired up with live guys out there, PGA and live, and they don't care. It's just like they're out there golfing and trying to beat everybody else out there for their job. So I... They're, the pros are done with it for the most part. 
I'm also done with it. I can't agree anymore with you. Obviously, I'm already saying get Brooks back over from the P or to the PGA Tour. The e- I mean, but if that's not going to happen, and if the PGA isn't going to pay off live, which I mean, any amount of money to the that Saudi Arabian group couldn't be enough. I'm sure, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I mean, they they're clearly don't really give a shit about the money. Let's set up some. Let's set up some tourneys. Let's go. Let's go PGA versus live. You know, Dell match play is losing its spot next year. There is no Dell match play, but the following, but I believe that, uh, that the following season, that weekend is open. Why don't we turn that weekend into a PGA versus live event? Like, I mean, we, we got to do something about getting these live guys still involved with golf, because I think, like you said, that beef is gone. Maybe at the Masters, you know, I, I mentioned this in our post-Masters episode where Phil hits that amazing shot on 18 and or, or amazing putt on 18 to give himself, I believe, a top three finish. And it was a pretty cold crowd. Like, nobody was like, yeah, Phil, you know, the normal roar that you would hear. <laughs> For, for a Phil Mickelson sweet putt. And you're not going to win any fans back by tweeting like, oh, see, we're better. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can tell everybody on the PGA Tour, maybe, and this is the live guys basically being like, you know, the, it almost feels like they're like the middle child where they're, I think you are too, uh, where, they're <laughs> where they're like, hey, mom, hey, dad, did you see what we did over there? Like, they're like, we don't really care. Like, you're the middle child. We're focused on the oldest and the youngest. Like, we're focused on the PGA Tour. You can tell me all the accomplishments that you had, but whatever. I think Liv needs to just give up. Like, like Pete, like Phil, that's such a desperate, sad yeah. I have the actual like, tweet, tweet here. here, so that way I'm not giving the quote, wrong info. Quote, tweet so this. The tweet is, quote, love, live, or hate it. It's the best way slash tour to be your best in the majors. Enough events to keep you sharp, fresh, and ready, yet not be worn down from too many tournaments or obligations. 14 live events, 34 weeks left open to prepare for four majors. Fact. End quote. <laughs> is it a fact that John Rahm on the PGA Tour won the Masters? Is that is that a fact, fact Phil? <laughs> it kind of feels like it is. Like... Whatever, Phil. Like Brooks is one of the best golfers in the world. I don't. I'm not seeing Taylor Gooch at the top of the leaderboard here. So check yourself <laughs> a little bit on that. I mean, Brooks is showing up for. We just got off our soapbox about him, where he's showing up for all of these major events, regardless of what tour he plays for. So, and by the way, Phil, you've won yourself a pretty penny on the PGA Tour, and won plenty of majors. So. Whatever. I mean, if you're going to just be a marketer for him, go ahead. But you're not going to, I don't think you're going to win over PGA Tour fans. Say, oh, <laughs> all right. I guess that tweet is going to make me watch, uh, watch the live golf. Uh, what, is, super, <laughs> right. what, what do we think it was? The Super, super Golf, golf League. League. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to my first, uh, my first uh, proclamation here. Kyle Pitts will finally break out in fantasy this season. I'm done with it. 
Yes. Kyle Pitts, get out of here. Get off my lawn. Like you are not doing shit. You are not. I Now you might be a good, well, good skilled tight end, but holy shit, the hype on this guy coming out of Florida thinking, hey, we'll finally have a breakout tight end his rookie year. His numbers were dog shit. Okay. Hey, tight end going into his second year. This guy's going to be great. Just he just poops himself again, not doing shit. And this year it's now okay. Guys in his third year, he's gonna he's got to break out at some point, right? I mean, he was a, he was a really high end draft pick. No, no, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, Desmond Ritter. Now you add in Drake London. Like Bijan Robinson's gonna be getting a lot of more red zone work too. Kyle Pitts. Any of you Kyle Pitts lovers, you can get out of here. No chance. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Not sure it's ever going to happen. Wait until you see it to all you fantasy managers. If you take him as a top five tight end, that shit's on you. I can't agree more with it. And I'm so glad I dodged that bullet in our dynasty draft. I was sitting there with the second pick and somehow fell to me Najee Harris or Kyle Pitts and I was so back and forth with the hype and ended up going Najee Harris and there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not thankful that I went that route because Kyle Pitts yeah yes I think he set the record for receiving yards for tight ends that first season but he didn't have hardly any touchdowns I think he had one touchdown so just allergic to the end zone for fantasy yeah and again Desmond Ritter that's that's enough right there. <laughs> yes, maybe maybe they get in another rookie quarterback next year. Maybe they're in the Caleb Williams Derby or Drake May, but that's not going to do anything for me. He's going to be right at the end of his contract, and then what does Atlanta do there? I mean, you haven't seen anything from him. You can't justify picking up a huge fifth year option or giving him a long term big contract. So I yeah, I'm I'm done. If the tight end hasn't Howard popped in the 2. first two 0. years. Yeah. OJ Howard 2.0 here where we've we fell for him thinking hey he's coming out of Alabama he was a nice player there he's got all the tools where has he ever been good in the NFL he's designated he's, he's been cut like twice I think he's like a third tight end for the Texans or something now like out of here I'm not saying Pitts is gonna be that bad but dude if you draft Kyle Pitts you're just just dig your own grave right now Get ahead of it, because it takes a long time to, to dig a hole. Like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> My next topic, I am done with any irrelevant Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady news. I do not give a shit. We are getting tweets sent out today. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting out on the side of OTAs. And then someone tweets out, I think it was Rappaport, yeah, he's got a strained calf or just has a little bit of a calf injury. And everyone's then it's like, well, relax. It's just OTAs. He's going to be sitting out if he has anything. They're not going to push him. I don't care. I don't need to know when these guys fart. It, it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's, Jets I'm fans probably so want it. to know that. but Jets fans might, but I – for the general public, I, I don't care anymore. If it's something relevant, big news, then let us know about it. Otherwise, I don't need to know all of this tiny info. It's like you're fo- it's like a paparazzi following around a huge celebrity that's just trying to get us any sort of information they can about anything. And I'm I'm just done with it. I don't care anymore. It is not 
<laughs> something that I enjoy seeing when I open up a website or hearing about or seeing a tweet come through or a notification, especially for fantasy stuff, I don't care because I don't think even Aaron Rodgers is going to be on any of my rosters this year. So I, I don't care. And and to double down on that with the Brady piece that you mentioned, like, God, we'll fucking find out if he signs somewhere or if he if he decides to go back <laughs> to the Niners. I don't care that he's a minority owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. That literally means care. nothing to me. That means <laughs> nothing to me. Like, and when, like, oh, he the report of he was wish he's wishy-washy about the Fox deal. And then, you know, there that's a big story. And then he comes out a day later and is like, no, I still plan on honoring that. I'm still planning on going to Fox next year. Like, th- but thanks for the one day story that was just a lie. I guess. <laughs> like, so come stupid. on, I'm done with that too. I like that. That's a good call. We got enough Aaron Rodgers over the last two seat two off seasons. <laughs> like, why I'm do we need so more? Done. He's got a new so- team now. That's perfectly fine. I'm glad that has culminated and it's done with. But I don't care anymore. Stop feeding me news. What I care more about than those two topics in other Jets news, Alan Lazard was taken was had to be carried off the field today because he got hit in the nuts. I care about <laughs> that more than I care about anything Rogers, anything yeah. Brady. Like, <laughs> like feed me that video. <sighs> All right, next thing. LeBron James hinted after last night's game they lost to the nuggets in the western conference finals 4-0 nice clean sweep break out the brooms kind of hinted that he might be thinking about retirement (laughs) i'm done with it you think that he's gonna does he he obviously knows he's not retiring the fact that the media is actually discussing that today live on a tuesday that lebron might retire like, are you kidding me? He said this goal years ago that he wants to play with his son, Bronny James, in the NBA. He's not eligible to be drafted for another two years. You think that after he had, he actually had a really nice series and his team just let him down. I mean, it's it's Anthony Davis was good every other game. His surrounding cast is a bunch of kind of like mid-level players. He had a really nice game. His his game four, I believe he had like 31 in the first half. You think he's just walking away now because he's in a, a very emotional state after that game where he says he has to evaluate. All he said was he needs to evaluate his future. And now the media is turning that into, could LeBron retire? I'm done with that shit. Come on, media. I I know that it's a dead period in the NFL, but you're really running with this story? If anything, this is LeBron's attempt to just continue to be talked about. I mean, this is... and Honestly, this is... this That quote alone might save the NBA a little bit because that series is over 4-0 nuggets win the heat celtic series here up 3-0 and they're they're playing in miami tonight so the heat very well may close this series out the celtics coach already said that he feels like he might have lost the locker room he said that publicly like, <laughs> what, what is that solid but like so 
I feel like the Heat are going to end up winning tonight live on a Tuesday and close that series out. And the NBA Finals don't start. It's it's written in pen. It's written in ink. They can't flex on this. Don't start till June 1. That's, <laughs> what is that, eight days from now? Yeah. Again, live on a Tuesday. So I guess this is going to be what the rest of what ESPN is going to talk about for the next week is, oh, you think LeBron's going to return? Of course he's going to return. Like, media, get your heads out of your asses and know that LeBron's just saying this stuff knowing it's going to get him more attention. And LeBron, if you're even an iota of, if there's even an iota of truth to what you're saying, Get your head out of your own ass. You're obviously coming back. He said today that he still feels like he's better than 90 to 95% of the league. You're really going to walk away from that contract (laughs) where you're making above $50 million a year when you feel that way and you know that you're still a really good player and still trying to fight Michael Jordan to be viewed as as the GOAT. You're obviously not going anywhere. Media, get your shit together. He's obviously not going anywhere. I'm done with it. <laughs> LeBron doing his best Aaron Rodgers off se- heading into the offseason impersonation. I'm it's, so it's, glad it's, you dude, brought it. He, he saw the Aaron Rodgers playbook and is just, just, took a, just took a photocopy yeah. of it. That's it. I'm so glad you brought up the MJ piece because I am so done with the MJ versus LeBron goat debate. That <laughs> <laughs> was one I had written down. I'm just so sick of it. It is two totally different NBAs between these two guys. When Jordan was playing, there's so much more defense. It felt like there's just usually one star athlete per team. Guys weren't teaming up with other stars to try and win championships like they are nowadays. And it's impossible to compare these two guys. But Jordan is the GOAT. The NBA would not be what it is today without him. So that's where I lean with that. But again, I am just so done with it because it is impossible to compare two careers at two totally different time periods in a league. It's impossible. Just stop. See, this is – I've got a little wicked theory here for you on on the MJ is the GOAT thing. And it also has to do, it also corresponds with the Dallas Cowboys as to why they're America's team. So really back in the late 90s, that's when the internet age kind of started to pop. And that's when everything, information, news, video, sports became more national versus you just being stuck with your regional team. Now the, the, uh, Invention of cable, the invention of the internet, everything became a lot more national, a lot more global, and less just regional. You know, you pop open the paper, you read your team, you read the box score in the newspaper. That's how fantasy baseball used to be done. People would manually write down all their shit for fantasy baseball and turn it into their their commissioner. Like that's God, what a hard life. <laughs> We've got it so Sucks easy to be now. That <laughs> but. Uh, Yeah, I'm not commissioning that league. I think that the time period of the Cowboys being dominant was that was at the exact same time as Jordan's dominant Bulls late 90s. That's also when the Internet really like kind of took off. I think it was 
technically the World Wide Web was invented somewhere in the early 90s, but it came a lot more accessible in the late 90s, early 2000s, along with cable really started to explode then. The Cowboys were dominant. That's why they became America's team. MJ was dominant. The Bulls were dominant. That's why MJ is looked at as the GOAT and won't change a lot of people's minds. What? Like, there's no rhyme or reason for the Cowboys to... I Now, I get it with a lot more with MJ because he is a top two player of all time. I, you know, I can go back and... We could go back and forth for days on the LeBron MJ thing. I don't even know. I haven't even made up my mind on that yet. But just because I didn't see Jordan play. But why is... Why are the Cowboys America's team? There's no other reason other than that's when the game became a lot more global, a lot more, you know, national, a lot more global. And that's it. That's that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why the Cowboys are America's team. So I kind of I kind of look at the MJ timing in a very similar way where a lot of people will never be like, well, we'll just say MJ's the GOAT no matter what. It's over. It's a done debate. You can make the you can make the argument about him or LeBron. Everybody can for forever. But I think that's that's just a work in theory of mine. So keep that in the back of your head. Tune in next week for right. Jell's conspiracy theories. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a very that's a very logical thing point that I made. All right. You know else what I'm done with. Super Bowl Monday not being a national holiday. <laughs> Come yes. on, man. This would help everybody out that Monday after, I guess, and let's add to that list, not only Super Bowl Monday, but the first two days of the NCAA tournament. That should be hot. Those should be holidays, man. But, but more specifically, Super Bowl Monday. The Super Bowl is a national sport. It's the most it's it's the sport that America can really like hang their hat on in terms of we are really the only country that is this invested in football. It's not like baseball where it's very international. It's not like soccer which is obviously more international. Like football is America's sport. Why are we not given that Monday off so that we can celebrate, so that we can do America on Sunday? You see how every July 4th, everybody gets patriotic. We're given July 4th off. What's more American than football? Why aren't we given that Super Bowl Monday off? And if anything, at least push it back a week so you got it on President's Day so that at least anybody that works under that federal schedule is automatically given off. So, but we gotta we gotta do something to get Super Bowl Monday as a federal holiday, <laughs> or just move the game to Saturday. <laughs> or that, yeah, or that. <laughs> the day one. after, either way, I prefer the day, the day after. off of work on Monday. The yeah, day after, exactly. Come on, no, now. I'm I'm all with you on that one. You know what? I am done with Joe. Don't invite me to your damn fantasy football leagues that include kickers and team defense. Dude, I am oh, done with that. Oh, yes. I am so done with random points that you get from a kicker on stalled offensive drives that are extremely unpredictable and team defenses that randomly will score touchdowns on plays that are just absolute bogus. I'm talking to you, Mark Sanchez butt fumble. <laughs> 
I'm just done with it. I'm not playing in any more of those leagues. If you can't add a flex position and take those away, I'm not involved in your league. I am D-U-N done. <laughs> done and dunner. I was the commish of a league last year, and I tried to push every... I was like, okay, I'm trying to push basically everybody into this format of no kicker, no defense. And I had some people playing that said they won't play unless there is a kicker and a defense. And I'm like, <laughs> what is what's happening here? Like, do you understand like how random those points are? And he's like, well, defense matters and, and kickers matter. That's, you know, they, they, they matter in regular football. Why shouldn't they in fantasy? It's like, dude, that's, it's the most random two positions on your roster. What are we, what are we, why do we, like, the offensive line matters. Are we going to start giving fantasy points for pancakes? Well, this like, is the what? same guy that also said, let's get a head coach in there. And I'm like, how can you even, what kind of fantasy <laughs> points are you giving for a head coach? Like win margin. I, that's amazing. Like, one challenges. I, I don't, that guy, that guy's a total wild card. But there were there were enough people where I I took it to a vote. It was a ten or twelve team league, and there was enough people that wanted defense and kicker. I was really surprised that I ended up not going. You know, it didn't end up going the way that I wanted. But I will say, most of the more like experienced players that take fantasy a little more serious and actually like you know look at fantasy stuff. Those were the ones that, uh, that wanted to get rid of defense and kickers. So some people wanted defense, but no kicker. Some people the other way around. It's just like, just get, just get rid of it. Just <laughs> it's useless. All right. My final, uh, my final one. And this is a non-sports related one. So if I'm on, Instagram reels, hashtag not a sponsor, Facebook reels, hashtag not a sponsor, TikTok, whatever. I mostly get fed cooking videos, golfing tips or golfing videos and butts, basically dancing butts. <laughs> and <laughs> but what I'm done with on these sites <laughs> for especially on these cooking videos is three different things. When people are making sandwiches and they just squeeze the shit out of the top of the bread. So all the like sauce and ingredients comes out like what makes that appetizing at all? All like I struggle on a daily basis, not spilling food on my shirt in every single meal. I don't need a sloppy. <laughs> I don't want a sloppy sandwich. I want something that's easy to eat. The second thing, if I go into the comments like if, if you ever watch any of these cooking videos where they're cooking beef, look at, if you look at those comments, the top like 40 comments are going to be, ew, that steak is still bloody. It's like, dude, that's fucking medium rare. Or like, oh, that burger is pink. Like I can't eat that. Like it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm done with that. And lastly, people complaining for like for no real good reason, just complaining about the semantics of and saying that boneless wings aren't actually wings. They're technically chicken nuggets. The amount of people that comment saying that on like a B-dubs <laughs> commercial or something or a B-dubs ad, it's like, 
Who gives a shit? Like, boneless wings are fucking delicious. Just, just go eat it. If, would you feel better ordering if you said, hey, can I get the nuggies? Like, just <laughs> eat, just call them freaking boneless wings. Let's, like, obviously everybody knows that birds' wings have bones. They're obviously <laughs> not just flopping around cartilage and being able to... <laughs> I mean, I guess chickens can't really fly, but you know the chicken's wings aren't just cartilage or just fatty flops. Like, they're obviously not wings, but just who cares, man? Like, why do people complain about this shit? And then the beef, going back to the beef thing, like, nobody knows how. People just, you just want brown beef, just, just hard brown black beef. Like, you're just, that's. I don't know. Drives me crazy because I like my shit rare, medium rare on the rare side. So maybe that's why it's such a trigger for me when I see. But when I see 40 people saying, oh, I see blood. It's like, that's not even blood, man. Like you want <laughs> You just want to be eating a brick on a bun. <laughs> F out of here. I'm done with it. And we are done with this episode. <laughs> we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, Dead Arm Sports, into that search bar. Subscribe. Click the bell there. That way you Ding. know when live episodes drop. We monitor the chat. You can ask us any questions there. Otherwise, hit us up on all of our socials at Dead Arm Sports, at DOS Gel, at DOS JPEG. Subscribe and follow us on all of those. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of your written review. We'll get you some swag out in the mail for free. What are those platforms, Joe? Hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure to subscribe to whatever listening platform you are choosing to listen to. Or subscribe, rate, and review on all four platforms. That would be even better. Make sure to get that written review in. It really helps us uh, with the... The algorithm that uh, whatever your listening platform is uh, helps us with the rankings a little bit. And to help us out with those rankings a little bit more, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your enemies, yell at some bum on the street uh, to have this with that arm. Like, eh, that probably won't work as well. But uh, <laughs> try to make some, you know, get us connected with some new people and, and, or, Send or send them a link, you know, send them a, one of our tweets of our episode and say, hey, check this out. We think that you might like it. They're talking, you know, they're talking PJ Championship. They're talking about sports topics that they're done with. This might be something that you'd be interested in. So I think that would uh, that'd be one of those things that could really help out the uh, the dead arm sports community. Make sure to find us on YouTube. Just search dead arm sports and uh, subscribe, rate and review there. Hit that bell so that you get alerts. Ding. notifications whenever we put anything new out or whenever we go live appreciate everyone out there listening like jill said if you could tell someone you know that would be greatly appreciated by the both of us we will be back with you tomorrow going to give you our top 10 dynasty rookies so we haven't done that yet uh, gonna hit that up and of course charles schwab preview as well along with some nfl rule changes That'll wrap it up. Close her out, Joe. Just speaking on this episode, I'm done with it.